Well, we had a fantastic uh, couple of days here, uh, Friday night, Saturday, and I just want to thank everybody who came in from, from all points and, and uh, were a part of this weekend. Uh, Dan and Marta Lewis and Roger and Myrna Eilers uh, were here over the weekend, and, and Dennis and Leanne Cry, and Pastor Dan and Claudia made an effort. They, try, they were planning on being here, and they were here Friday night. It was great. And uh, Vern and Mary were ministering this weekend. It was just a, it was a wonderful weekend of uh, ministry, of time, of, of seeking the Lord. Yesterday we had a powerful prayer time that uh, it just established some things that, that, uh, that God has planned for us. And, and, and we were specifically talking about through the weekend uh, generations and transitions and also the future. Looking forward to the future. I mean, we, we talked about how last year we celebrated our 25th anniversary and this year is our 26th, but that last year we talked about what God had done, what God has done in the, in the past and all that he's done and, and how exciting that is. But also we need to look to the future. Well, there's a, God has a plan for us. He has a plan for uh, this church, for this valley, for this, this city, this, the cities that we're all from. And I know there's people that drive in from all over the place. And God has a, has a plan for us and for people, for you know, his, his heart is for people, it's for souls, it's for salvation, it's for people growing up in the kingdom of God. So we talked about all those things and, and we, and we uh, were able to pray some things out yesterday. Dennis and Leanne led us in, in prayer and, and there were some things declared that are powerful. Powerful, that need to be declared. There, there's, that's why we pray. It's important to pray because it's how God has, it, how his will is done on the earth. You know, you look at when Jesus prayed. Jesus was God. We've talked about that in our, in our doctrine uh, discussions this year. How, how Jesus was God, but he still prayed. Isn't that interesting? Was he praying to himself? Think about that for a moment. We haven't talked about the doctrine of prayer yet. But, and we will. We'll talk about it, you know, quite extensively because it's important that we understand what happens when we pray. Jesus was God, and when he prayed... Was he praying to himself? Why was he praying? What, what, what was it that happens when you pray? Because Jesus, who was God, prayed. When we pray, we speak out the will of God. And when we speak out the will of God, that's how God does things on the earth. He needs us to, to, to speak it out. Now, we, we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us and that way we can pray the right way because there's all kinds of things that people pray or, or pray with the you know, proverbial quotation marks around it. They say things. We, we say things. But many, you know, a lot of things that people say aren't scriptural. We can't pray that somebody will do what we want them to. We'd love to. We'd love to be able to pray for somebody else and say, God, make them do this. But we can't do that. That's, that's actually... I get all choked up. No, it's actually... It's actually... That's witchcraft. God, make them do what I want them to do. <laughs> right. No. But there are things we can pray for people. We see it in Scripture. There's outline. Jesus prayed. He, he prayed for people. When he prayed, he prayed for us. 
He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for, for the church, the, the immediate church, but he also prayed for us. In, in, in John chapter 17, read what he prayed. And what he was praying was for things like unity. Lord, let there be unity in the body. Let them be as one as we're one. Let them, let them be established. Let them have, have you know, this. And then he's, he's speaking those things out because that's God's will for the church. And as he prayed those things out, he's establishing the will of God because that's how God does stuff is he gave man authority in the garden to be dominion and rulers over the earth. And as we learned a couple of weeks ago, man screwed it up. Man was perfect. Last week's sermon I was so excited for. And you notice we're not doing doctrine this morning because we got about halfway through the sermon last week and all of a sudden I hit a wall. I don't know if you noticed it, but I noticed it. The proverbial spiritual running you know, nose right into a, into a glass window or whatever. It's always funny when somebody else does it. But when it happens to you, it's very, you know, just, ugh. Well, last week, we, that happened spiritually because I started saying things like, man was perfect, and God, God uh, created us absolutely perfect. Adam and Eve were like him in every way. They weren't God. On the earth, they were very much like They spoke the will of God. They had the authority of God. What they said happened. They were in charge, and they fell. They blew it. But when Jesus came, the second Adam came, he then, because of his obedience, because he did everything right and he was without sin, he then was obedient even unto death. He earned back the right for us. He bought it back with his own blood to return back to that original state that Adam had, Adam and Eve had in the garden where they were in charge. What they said happened. What they spoke out was the will of God and it happened. But what happens is we start thinking, well, but yeah, but I'm not perfect. Yeah, well, but yeah, but I've prayed things and they didn't happen. Well, yeah, but. You would get a case of the yeah, buts. Well, I'd like for that to be true, but maybe it's true for, for Debbie because she's perfect. But not for me because, you know, I, I, I make mistakes and I sin and I, I fall short and I have, you know, I, I've had a rough week, so obviously God's not on my side. We hit this wall last week and we got to get through the wall. And that's what, that, you know, I think that's why God called me to be a pastor because I am, I am stubborn. I'm really stubborn. If I, if I see something that needs to be done... I mean, that needs to be done, that needs to be dealt with. That's the only thing that matters in the world right now. And the only thing that matters right now is we get through this. Because we need to understand that God has called us, called us to have dominion in the kingdom, have dominion in the world that's around us, and to speak the will of God. And that when we speak it, and to believe that what we say is what's going to happen. And you might say, well, yeah, but, you know, we, we, can't, we can't say things like, you know, selfish things. Well, of course not. We need to know what the Word of God says because we have to pray. We speak the things that we speak according to the Word of God. Jesus said, 
You don't have what you ask for because you ask with the wrong motive. So if we ask with the wrong motive, you're not going to get what you, what you, and you go, well, prayer doesn't work. Because I probably tried to pray for this and it didn't happen. Well, first question you should ask yourself is, was it the will of God? It's a very simple question. But nobody wants to ask that because they don't want to be wrong. I just start from the area that I'm usually wrong in my own opinions. But when it comes to the Word of God, it's always right. And when you speak from the, from the aspect of, okay, I'm going to submit to God and I'm going to pray and speak the way He can pray and speak, then He can do what He wants to do. I'm not twisting His arm. I'm just speaking out His will so that it can, it can happen. Let me give you a very real example a real for instance, a real, uh, uh, you know, one that's really near and dear to our hearts, so it gets very personal. Do you know that you can't pray that somebody else will get saved? <gasps> Pastor John, wait a second. You know that I can't pray. God, save Ethan. He's my son, I love him. He's one of the three most important people in my life. But I can't pray, God, save him. I don't care what he wants to do, save him. Because he has a will. He has a choice. I can't make God do something to somebody else that they don't want to do. But the Bible shows us all kinds of things we can pray for. We can be a lot more sneaky. We don't have to be that direct. God... I pray that you open the eyes of his understanding. I know I can pray that because Paul prayed that and said, this, this is how he prayed for believers. Hey, I can pray that for somebody else. Father, open up the eyes of his understanding. Fill him with light. Bring light all the way around him that, that everywhere he looks, he sees light. Father, bring believers across his path i can pray that because i'm not trying to force somebody else's will there's people all over the world going lord what am i supposed to do today and if we ask that god bring somebody across somebody's path he just goes hey you wanted to do something today you're going to be close to this guy why don't you go across his path and share the love of god with him yes lord i'll do it i know that works because i used to pray that for a friend Okay, I don't even say, I, I usually try to mask it. For my little brother. My little brother was running away from God. Running away from God. Every time I would talk to, talk to him about the things, you know, scriptural things, spiritual things, he would get angry. Just upset. I, you know, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to, and I thought, well, he doesn't want to hear it from me. All right. I'm going to get sneaky. Lord, bring people across his path that he will listen to. Father, if anybody's around him, whatever, Lord, you know, remind him today of your love. Remind him of your goodness. You know, it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. So, Lord, be good to him today, somehow, whatever it's going to take. And I prayed that for years. And whenever I'd talk to him about spiritual things, he'd get angry. And then one day, I, I've been praying that and praying that, and all of a sudden he calls me up and he goes, hey, he says, can you send a tape to me of one of your sermons? <laughs> what? 
<clears throat> yeah, why would you want that, uh, Jim? <clears throat> oh, it's not for me. No, no, it's not for me. <laughs> I don't want to listen to one of yours. But he says, there's this woman that, he's a, he was a salesman, there's this woman that, that, I, that I call on this business, and she sits behind, and, and she's a Christian. Did you know she's a really nice person? She's always really nice to me. Well, I told her that, well, my brother is a Christian, and she goes, I'd love to hear one of his tapes. That was God throwing me a bone. That he was answering my prayer. Lord, bring people across his path. Bring somebody else. It, you know, kept praying. Then you really, oh, then you go for it. Because you know, when, then you, you, you smell the blood in the water. <laughs> oh, Lord, bring people, more people across. Do you not, you want to know who brought them to church the very first time? God can do anything. And they were living in Las Vegas, Sin City. Oh, terrible place. How could, anybody, how could God find anybody in Las Vegas? Lord, bring people across this path. Bring people across this path. Bring people, Lord, whatever it takes. Show your goodness, show your mercy. Well, he didn't take a, a direct attack at my brother, except for this one lady. His wife was a cocktail waitress at a, at a casino. Oh, my God. I mean, wearing the skimpy outfit and the fishnet, you know, and the, yeah. And the. Stop right there. I'm stopping right there. Okay. But she was a full-fledged cocktail waitress, had noticed. You know, one day she's working, and there was another cocktail waitress she worked with, and she recognized that, she was having, that my sister-in-law was having a bad day. She went over, and she goes, can I pray for you? And my sister-in-law goes, yeah, please. People like to get prayed for. Even, even people who are sinners like to get prayed for. So God brought somebody across her path. Prays for, you know, prays for my sister-in-law. And my sister-in-law goes, thank you so much. A couple days later, she goes, would you go to church with me? And my sister-in-law goes, yeah, you're a nice person. I think I would like to go to church with you. Goes to church and gets saved. Huh. Now, my brother's still not, I don't know why I'm telling, this is not anywhere near where I was going. <laughs> but apparently we need to hear this today. So my sister-in-law, <laughs> this tape can never get to them. <laughs> I'm telling deep, dark secrets that, don't tell him ever, okay. So, my brother at this time is an alcoholic and a drug addict. And so she goes to him and says, will you go to church with me? And he says, no. No, just get away. Don't, what, do you, what do you mean, will I go to, no, no. The next Sunday she goes back, she goes, will you go to church with me? And he goes, absolutely, quit it. What, why are we even talking about this? No, absolutely not. The next week she goes, can we please go to church with me? It's so awesome because she's been going week after week and, 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 and experiencing the love of God and, and hearing about this hope and all. I mean, and she wants it for family. Will you please go to church with me? Absolutely not. Stop it, woman. Leave me alone. And at some point in time, she went back to him and said, will you please go to church with me once? And he goes, Fine. I will go to church with you next weekend, but if you ever ask me again, we're done. 
Never, I'll go once. There, I'll get you off of my back. I'll go with you once. Never again. Next week, yes, I, pro- yes, I promise. Because she's going, will you promise? Yes, I promise. I promise I will go with you to church once. Then you'll leave me alone. So the next week came and he forgot. He forgot. He forgot that he, that he had promised, you know, on a solemn oath that he was going to church. So there was a Saturday night service, so she came walking in the room at Saturday afternoon and goes, okay, let's go. He goes, where? What are you talking about? Because he had forgot, see, so he started drinking about noon. And he, was, he smoked a bunch of pot before noon, you know, before, right after. So he was, he was feeling good. He was well buzzed. He was, you know, he was there. Feeling, he was just, he, you know, can God reach somebody who's, you know... I cannot argue with that. He said, he said, sometimes it's easier. Yeah, you know. (laughs) So she goes, let's go to church. He goes, "Uh, no, 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 no. He says, I can't go to church. She goes, what do you mean? He goes, I can't, I can't go to church. She goes, you promised women. You promised. He goes, I can't. I, I've been drinking all afternoon. I've had pot today. You don't go to church after you smoke pot. No, I, I can't go. She goes, you promised me. She, I love, I love his, his wife. You promised me. Fine. Just fine, fine, I will go to church with you. Goes and he puts on some different clothes and he goes out to the car and drives and they get to church. You know, and it's one of those churches where somebody's standing at the door. Hey, good afternoon. I love to, glad you're here today. I'm so glad, so glad you're here today. Well, he meets this guy named Frank at the front door. And Frank is shaking his hand and talking to him. And my brother said, he, as, as, as he talked to him, he's like, he's a pretty decent guy. He's just a guy, you know, just a guy, and decent guy, nice guy. Yeah, maybe this isn't going to be so bad if they're like that. At least they're not like other church people. You know how church people are. He hadn't been to church in 20 years. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> you're not like, yeah, Frank's a pretty decent guy. Oh, so Frank talked him up and had, you know, glad you're here. Can I get you a cup of coffee? And coffee? Really? I can have a cup of sweet. So they go through the whole process there. He gets the car, you know, they get it, and, and Frank goes, hey, I got to get going. He says, I, I got to go do something. And so glad he says, if you're around afterwards, let's have another cup of coffee. We'll talk. Just being nice. He's just being a nice guy, Frank. Frank leaves. They go find a seat, and they sit in a very safe, you know, wherever they go, you know, back away. It was a big sanctuary. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there. Big sanctuary. Lots of people. Tons of people there. He didn't know him. He thought, hey, I can get through this. No problem. So he sits down. Worship kicks off, band like ours. He's going, hey, this is all right. This is music. At least it's music. He says, the church we came out of is, you know, I mean, the whole organ thing. (laughs) He goes, wow, I can, this is kind of rocking band. This is good. This is great. So then the service starts and the pastor stands up and he goes, you know, he says, he says, I had, I had a whole sermon prepared today, but he says, as I was praying right before the service, he says, the Lord told me to go in a different direction. 
He says, I really feel like somebody is supposed to share a testimony. So he says, I prayed about who? And God told me, Frank, Frank, can you come up here and share your testimony? (laughs) There's hundreds of people here. Hundreds of people. And my brother goes, Frank, I just met a Frank. (laughs) Frank stands up, goes, I'll share my testimony. And he walks up front, stands behind the pulpit, and starts to share his testimony. He goes, you know, he says, here's the deal. He says, he says, I didn't grow up as a Christian. He says, I was running away from God. I didn't want anything to do with God. He says, and my wife gets saved. <laughs> he says, my wife gets saved. And then, you know, she gets all holy, you know, and all, you know, seeking after God, you know, the whole thing. And, and he says, and then she starts going to church, you know, and she loves this church and everybody, you know, she's in this church that we're in, you know, and she loves this church and everybody's so nice to her. And she starts coming home and going, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And I told her, absolutely not. No way am I going to church with you. My brother's going. And he says, she came to me week after week and said, will you go to church with me? I told her, no, I'm not going to church with you. And finally one day she said, will you go with me once? He goes, fine, I'll go with you once. I'll never go again. Get off my back. I'll go with you next week. I'm, I'll go with you. Forget, but that's it. That's the last time I go. He says, and the thing is, I forgot. <laughs> My brother's sitting, wherever he's sitting, he turns and he looks at his wife. And Frank goes on and he goes, he goes, it came to the day where you know, I promised I'd go with my wife to church. And he says, the problem is I had forgot, so I started drinking about noon. <laughs> and I had a couple of bowls. You know, I smoked pot back then. And my wife came and said, hey, it's time to go to church. And he goes, I looked at him, he goes, I can't go to church. You can't go to church drunk and high. My brother looks at, him, at, my, at his, his wife and goes, you set me up. <laughs> And she's sitting there going, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. (laughs) And Frank goes on. He says, but I got there. And I experienced the love of God. I experienced the joy that these people had. This was real. He said, I got saved that day. And I've been living for God ever since. And by now, my brother's a mess. Because he grew up in the church. He knew, he knew better, he knew better. This pastor got up and gave an altar call. My brother went forward. Rededicated his life. Calls me up a couple days later and says, hey, he says, I wonder if you could do something for me. And I'm thinking, you know, send another tape to some obscure person in the world. I don't know. He goes, I was wondering if you could come out to Vegas for my baptism. God can do anything. And it's great because even if you can't get there and you can't be there, because he wouldn't listen to me. He would not listen to me. But you, I prayed and I said, God, bring people across this place. So, so what's he bring? He brings a cocktail waitress from a casino in Las Vegas who gets his wife says, I wasn't really praying for his wife, sorry. I, you know, I wish I could be real spiritual and say I was praying for all of them. But I was praying for my brother. I, I know my brother. I love my brother. I'm thinking the other way. He's got to get saved, then she'll get saved. 
he then <laughs> uses a really hilarious way to get him to go to church. And, I mean, you can't make up that testimony. That's God. That is God moving on our behalf when we pray. Now, how long did I pray before that happened? Years. Years. So when we say I prayed and, and nothing's happening, you have no idea. God is setting things up. It takes time. Because he doesn't just go and make somebody do something. He doesn't make somebody be something. He, it's not the way God operates. He allows people to make choices. He allows them to get into a situation where the, <laughs> when they're faced with it, there's nothing else they can do. Yeah, okay, that's God. And he's making a big effort here to reach me. That's who we are. Changing the course of human events one prayer at a time. Being salt and light. Being the, the having dominion in the earth. But we have to do it the right way. We can't pray stuff where we make, you know, God make that person be that way. No. Or God, go get me that thing for me. You know, that, that little train, that thing I want, that thing. No. But when we pray with the right motive, there's things that we need. Well, there's lots of things that we need. And God's not, a, not opposed to giving us things. But there's a whole criteria. Is it, is it according to the will of God? Is it within the, the line of, the, of the, uh, uh, the, the righteousness of God? Is your heart right? You know, we heard a, heard a testimony last night where somebody believed for a certain kind of car, specifically, and God gave them that car. And then a short time later, asked them to give it away. Where's your heart? Because if, you, if your heart's not right, you'll, you, it isn't about, you, know, you won't give it to him. God knows that. He knows we can be selfish. But when it's, when it's his, I mean, we pray according to his will with the right heart, and he'll do, he, he'll, he wants to, to, to help us be who he's called us to be. And all of that has to be in the context of the kingdom of God. That verse that says, uh, that, that uh, help me there because I wasn't going to go there, but all of a sudden it's just here and I'm going to find it at the beginning. John chapter 5, it's in the Beatitudes where he's talking about, you know, seek ye first. I knew I'd get there. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added on to you. Because he was preaching about stuff, clothes, vehicles, whatever, you know, chariots, I don't know. Whatever. They were talking, donkeys, yes. Lord, I need to upgrade to a new donkey. I don't know why I said it that way. It's just, so they were from South Israel, apparently. Every, every country has a South. <laughs> Who knows? Strange, strange happenings. <laughs> but he, they, he was preaching about stuff. He goes, don't worry about stuff. He says, look at the, look at the grass around you. Look at the, the flowers. Look at the birds. God takes care of them. And why does he take care of them? Because they're being who he's created them to be. So if he's created us to be, if, we're, if we do, if we live the way he created us to, to live and to be who he's created us to be, then 
he'll just, then he'll provide for us what we need to be that, whatever that may be. But it's all in the context of the kingdom. Every bit of this, everything that we know, everything in Scripture, everything is about, is completely 100% in the context of the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? It's advancing His plan, advancing His will in the earth. And His will is that none should be lost. That's God's heart. It's, his heart is souls. His heart is salvation for the lost. And growing up in Him. Everything we do in our individual lives. Okay, we'll talk about the church in just a moment. Because the, you know, we think, well, the church is supposed to do that. That's the church's job. Well, who's the church? Is the church this building? No. This, this, this building is expendable. This building is not sacred. God could say one day, okay, the building's not useful enough for you. We've got to get you a new building. We just, oh, okay, move. The church is still the church because the church is us. This is the church. And it is the church's job to advance the kingdom, but who makes church? Individuals. Individuals. And, and if you're anyone here, who's here is an individual? then our call is to advance the kingdom of God wherever we go. And how do we do that? There's, there's things that we do individually. When you go tomorrow morning to your office place, that's your mission field. It's one of them. I can't go there. If I show up, they're not going to let me come in. But if you show up, they expect you to be there. And God's put you there for a reason. To be salt and light. We talked this weekend about being, being who God's called us to be first in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where you live. Jerusalem is your hometown. Why do people come from all over the St. Croix River Valley? They go to church here. It's because God has called individuals to represent Him in all areas of life. And there is a call to do that. That is a call. To be a banker, a police officer, a contractor, a stay-at-home mom, a teacher, an engineer, whatever it is. Those are all calls. Working at wherever God's called you to work. Those are a call. Some, and we'll talk about this in a bit, he calls to five-fold ministry. But not everybody. Not everybody. Most people, he calls to, to live and to be Cleverly disguised as a salesman. But preaching the word, living the word first, but then being able to give an answer when asked for why you have a hope. Jerusalem, Judea, part of the, the, this church has a balance, is, is working more and more towards a balanced vision all the time. Jerusalem is your hometown. Judea is your region. Judea is the St. Croix River Valley and 100 miles in either direction. Why do I say 100 miles in either direction? Because I'm standing on a prophecy that was spoken almost 70 years ago, if not more. That says that in the end times that God is going to pour out His Spirit in the St. Croix Valley and it's going, to, it's going to powerfully affect 
everything in the valley, up and down, from the headwaters and Solon Springs to the, to the, to the what do you call the end of it? The end of it? <laughs> Thank you for the technical term, Pastor Greg. Well, I know it's Prescott, but whatever you call the end of a river. Is there a fifth grader in here who's, uh, you know, <laughs> is anyone smarter than a fifth grader in here? Mouth? Mouth. Okay, well, it's the end, so I was thinking it was the other end, and I thought I can't say that, so. <laughs> Sorry if I'm not being real spiritual. I, I you know, I, if you're first time here, I, it's the way I am, so Okay. All the way from Solon Springs to, to Prescott, Wisconsin, which is the end of the mouth of the St. Croix River, and a hundred miles in either direction, in all directions, God is going to pour out His Spirit, and then there's going to be a revival that touches whole cities. Whole cities will be saved. I'm in. Why not? I'll do that. I'll, I'll go there. I prayed it for, for years before I even knew there was a prophecy. Somebody goes, well, you keep praying out this prophecy. I said, what prophecy? And they, they handed me a copy of it. I was like, yep, that's what I've been praying. Didn't even know it existed. So now I've been praying with knowledge. And why not here? God did it all over the world. He's done it all kinds of times where he, he, he changed whole regions. Up and down the eastern seaboard during the Great Awakening, whole cities would get saved. Whole cities. They'd shut down anything that, that wasn't godly and use it as a church because they had to get people into somewhere to get, pre- to get taught and, and trained up after the fact. Scotland. Who was the, the missionary to Scotland? Can't remember the guy's name, but I remember what he said. He said, God, give me Scotland or let me die. John Knox. John Knox. Is that right? I'll take it. Google it later, not later, not now. <laughs> said, give me Scotland or let me die. And God had a, a major revival in Scotland. Wales, the Welsh revival. Tens of thousands of people getting saved. South America, people began to pray for revival. Pray that their whole area, the whole area changed not just people's hearts but where there had been famine and 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 poverty blessing and prosperity began to spring up change the whole region if god will do it there why wouldn't he do it here the only difference between there and here is are we praying for it they prayed for it every one of those areas john knox give me scotland or, or let me die he's prayed and asked god to move welsh revival Oh, had his name right there. Evan Roberts. He was getting together with a bunch of teenagers in the, the, the lower part of a house. Prayed on a regular basis. God, bring revival, bring revival, bring revival, bring revival. Teenagers praying for the outpouring of the, of, the, of the glory of God in their area. The Welsh Revival. Do you know how the Welsh Revival started? They were in a prayer meeting. And they were praying, God, pour out your spirit. Get people saved. A man, a a stranger was walking by on the street, walked past the door, slain in the spirit right there, dropped right in front of the door, stood up and went, what in the world was that? He heard a voice said, knock on that door, went over, knocked on the door. It was the door that Evan Roberts and the teenagers were praying in. 
and said, okay, I don't know what just happened, but... And they said, you need to get saved. The Welsh revival began. It began a lot earlier because they prayed for it. Finney. Finney saw great moves of God up and down the eastern seaboard. But he had a man who went before him every time, Father Nash, who would go before him weeks ahead of time and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for salvation, pray for an outpouring of God. So when Finney would come in, set up the tent, start meeting, hundreds of people would get saved. Everybody goes, wow, what a great ministry. Do you know where the revival started? Weeks before with Father Nash, who would go and just pray the will of God into the area. God wants to do that here in the St. Croix River Valley, and I'm in. This church is in. We're in. But we need to pray. Jerusalem, Judea. We talked about Samaria. Samaria. Where's Samaria? Samaria is a place that nobody wanted to go to. Samaria is the thing you don't want to do, the place you don't want to go, the person you don't want to preach to, share with. Them, whoever them is. And then the uttermost parts of the earth. If there's anything this church has done really, really, really well over the last 26 years is foreign outreach. Been there, we go there on a regular basis, we, we send money, we help, we, we support, and we're, we do that really well. If we have an area where we've missed it a little bit, where we haven't been as balanced, it's local outreach. Praise God for Mary and, and, and uh, Vern Norton. Because they're ready to train us, they're ready to teach us, they're ready to, to pick this up. Next, next Sunday after service is going to be a meeting for anybody who wants to be a part of that. What does that mean? What does local outreach mean? I don't know exactly yet. But it's focusing on local, reaching out locally, helping people in need, sharing the love of God with them, speaking, sharing your faith when given an opportunity to. Now, local outreach, Jerusalem may also look a lot like Samaria. I don't want to do that. Good. Kill two birds with one stone. And be at the meeting next Sunday. Let God lead you from there. At least yield yourself and say, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do that even though it's Samaria to me. I'll go there. He's bringing balance. Now, the question is, who? Who is supposed to do this? Who is supposed to live this way? Who is supposed to, to walk this out? The usual answer is, well, the pastors and the evangelists and the missionaries. Those are the people we pay to go do that kind of stuff. When that's the wrong answer. The right answer is all of us. All of us. We're all supposed to be a part of it as the Lord leads. Now, I know you have full-time jobs. I get that. Full-time jobs, you have families, you have events, you have things going on. God gets that too. But when we yield ourselves to him, he can work all of that out. Remember that verse that says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added on to you? 
If we allow God to lead us into all righteousness, allow him to, you know, we focus on his kingdom. Okay, God, here's the deal. I'm in. I want to do whatever you want me to do. All in, lead me. He'll do that and all the other stuff. But we got to trust that's what he, what he want, how he's going to do it. So who is it? We all do it. We're all in. We're all part of it. Every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, from the bravest to the least bravest, from the perfect, from the perfect Christian, <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face, to the rest of us, <laughs> we're all in. We're all supposed to be in. So who does this? Who, who fulfills this vision? We all do one day at a time, one opportunity at a time. And if nothing happens today, praise God, we do the next thing. Whatever he tells us to do, when he tells us to do it. Some things may be weeks apart. That's okay. If that's what he's leading it, enjoy that. And, and, have, and enjoy the rest of the other stuff that happens around it. Live your life. Enjoy. But be open to saying, God, what do you want me to do now? How do you want me to be involved? What is it you want me to do? All of us are in that. But also, and here's where I'm going to close very quickly, there is a calling on certain individuals to be in the five-fold full-time ministry. And I need to repent. I need to, I need to apologize to, well, I've already repented to God, but I need to apologize to this church because in all things, we should be balanced. That's one of my desires always is that, that we be in balance, that we don't focus on one thing too much or the other or get to this side or that side. And back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, the focus was always five-fold ministry. Everybody needs to go to Bible school. Everybody, if you're a, a student coming up through school, what Bible school is God leading you to? And two things happen. Two possible, many things happen, but a couple of things normally happen. One is the student would look at it and go, I am not doing that, and I'm going in the exact opposite direction. Because too much focus had been put on this five-fold ministry. The other thing was they'd go to the ministry, they'd go to Bible college or whatever, thinking, well, I've got to be in the five-fold, I've got to be full-time ministry, and they go there and they crash and burn because they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. That happened too darn much because God wasn't calling them to do that. Well, I saw that excess. I saw that, you know, in the different teachings and things that were happening and so on and so forth. And so I purposed not to do that. And I actually swung the other direction to where I was, whenever I would talk about callings, I'd say, yeah, there's some people who are called to the fivefold ministry, but the rest of us or the rest of you are called to be who you're called to be, an accountant, a, a teacher, a, 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 a contractor, whatever. That is a valid calling that you should walk out with your life. That is a valid calling call of God. And it is. But I swung the pendulum too far the other direction. Because in looking at where God's taking us over the next 25, 26 years, 50 years, 75 years, there needs to be people who go, I think God's calling me into the five-fold ministry. I think God's leading me to be a pastor, a teacher, an apostle. A missionary, someone who is sent out, an apostle, who goes out and establishes new works. I think that's me. But I don't know how to get there. 
I've made the mistake to swing, swing the pendulum too far one way and I don't talk about the other. I'm sorry. Because there's a need for that. Where are the next generation of missionaries coming from? Where are the next generation of pastors? Part of our vision is to start churches up the St. Croix, up and down the St. Croix River Valley. Reaching towns that don't have a church or they don't have a church that, that is preaching the, the, the full gospel that we believe in. Where's that pastor going to come from? Where's that youth pastor going to come from? Where's that teacher? Where's that Sunday school teacher? Where's that worship director? Where's that, where are those people going to come from? I believe the right answer is from here. From within us. From within Grandy, the church in Grandy. From within the church in St. Croix Falls. From within the next church that gets started and the next church. I believe the next generation are going to be the ones who fulfill that call. Not everybody. Not everybody's supposed to be uh, full-time ministry. And, and we'll sort that out. We'll figure that stuff out as, in one step at a time. But if we never talk about who the next generation is that is going to be the leaders, then we won't do it. And we'll always have a, a void. Now, one of the things we learned, and, I, and it was so beautiful how it happened, it was actually really funny, but it's also very beautiful how it happened. As we went through the weekend, the, the different full-time ministers shared how God brought them to where he brought them. Get the CDs. You've got to listen. There's copies already back on the bookstore. There's going to be more. We'll get more next week. Grab those. Listen to those beautiful stories of how God led people to be in full-time ministry and then how he sustained them through it. But last night, I mean, Pastor Dan was supposed to speak last, and, and he's not there because he's at the hospital. I'm thinking, Lord, how are you going to stop? How's, how's this thing going to finish off? Because, you know, you don't want to have this great move and then all of a sudden fizzle. And Roger and Myrna shared, and it was absolutely perfect. <laughs> because the last thing they said, the last thing Myrna said was, I'm 75 years old, and I'm asking God, where are you sending us next? Then I made the statement, when I'm 75, I want to be just like that. And Debbie goes. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh, it was perfect timing. <laughs> but it doesn't matter how old you are. Dan and Marta, you were in your 50s when you went overseas. Roger and Myrna were in their late 40s somewhere. They were in their 50s. Could I have everyone who's in their 50s please stand up? No, you don't have to. Just kidding. Just kidding. But I'm talking to you specifically. <clears throat> we're never too old. They were in their 60s when they went to, to Poland. We're never. Nobody, it, God is not looking at your age going, hey, sorry, you're too old. I noticed that Warren and Beth got up and left right before I started talking about no one's too old. But that's okay. We'll get them later. We'll talk to them. No, no I'm, I, know, I know exactly what they're doing. But we, we, have to be allow, we have to allow God to lead us whatever age we are, wherever we're at in this walk. None of us are exempt from telling God, no, God, I'm not going there. I'm not, I don't want that. And God doesn't look at you and go, sorry, you're just too old or you're not smart enough. My goodness, if it was about being smart enough, I wouldn't be here. 
when Paul talks about that God takes the foolish things of the world? That's me. We'll talk later, sweetheart. (laughs) But who is that next generation? My desire today is that many of these ministers are still here. I want them to lay hands and pray for the children because they're the next generation. So the kids are coming in. Pastor Karen's uh, asked her to to dismiss a little early. Can Can I have you guys come up? Dan and Marta, can you come up? Wayne and Patty, why don't you guys come up, please? Wayne and Patty Bradoff, you don't know who they are. They've been pastors for years in Prescott, Wisconsin. They're now part of us here and being obedient to the leading of God. What we're going to do is we're actually going to close out the service. And we want to bring all the kids up. If you're parents, if you want to come with them, that'd be great. If you want to just... If they want to just have them come up, we would just want to bless them. Because they're the next generation. Not that they're going into full, full-time ministry. We don't know that. We don't, we don't, we don't uh, in any way, shape, or form, I don't, for sure, ever assume that anyone's going to be anything. Ethan and I, we, you know, we, we talk about who he is and where God's taking him. He can be whoever God wants him to be. He doesn't have to be anything in particular except what God wants him to be. And then go with that with all of your strength. So we want to pray for the kids. We want to pray for the youth. We want to pray for the young people, the youth. So if you feel youthful and you would like to be prayed for, we'd like you to come forward. And just, we want to lay hands on you. We want to pray. So we'll have, and all you kids, why don't you guys come up, and if you want, the parents want to bring their kids up, that's great. Please do so. Stand with My kids who are youthful, come forward. We want to pray for you. And we just, just want to pray a blessing. We're gonna, I'm going to close out the service. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.